Amen. Let's just give him glory this morning. Raise your hands to him and worship him. Lord, you've been so good to us. Your mercy endures forever. Your grace sustains us in this hour. Your favor overshadows us. Your love, oh God, even confounds us that you could love someone like us. Your mercies, Lord, we thank you for them. Oh, to God be the glory for the things you have done. You have saved us by your blood. You have healed us, Lord, by your, your atonement. Lord, you have set us free, oh God, to worship you, to give you praise. We thank you, Lord, you have delivered us from a life of sin. You've made such the daughters of God out of us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Speak to us today, Lord, now. Lord, we have sung the songs of Zion. We have worshipped you. and We've sung about our freedom. We sing about you being the way maker, Lord, and that you are the way. And you're the provider. And even, Lord, when we don't see you working, we know you're working anyway. Lord, even if only a grain of sand has moved off the mountain, we see that grain of sand move and we're rejoicing in it. Lord, we thank you for the things you've done. We thank you for what you're going to do in our midst this morning, the present God that I am. We thank you, Lord, for a bride that you made without spot or wrinkle. That we're going to be everything you said we would be. And there's no fault in our because of the blood of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for that. As we look into the scripture today, open up the eyes of our understanding that there might be light, that we might know the hope of our calling. May those, Lord, that are bound be set at liberty. There are those that are bound by sin. Or there are those that are listening that may be under the, 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 the bounds and the chains of this horrible virus that's going on. Or maybe a worse virus, and that's the sin virus. Lord, or maybe it's a horrible thing, Lord, that they're facing. Maybe, Lord, today if you don't move, then Lord, then Lord, they're helpless and hopeless. But if you move, Lord, if you move on their behalf, there'll be victory in their lives. I pray, Lord, there may be someone very near hell today, lost, don't know you. May they come to know you in the power of your resurrection. May those, Lord, that hadn't been filled with the Holy Spirit be filled. May those, Lord, that have just made a, a profession of faith it become real to them today that, they're, that God is their Savior. Those that are sick, that they would know, I'm the Lord God that healeth all thy diseases. Lord, may you reveal yourself to them as so. Oh, Father, we are just dependent on you now, asking, Lord, that you'll speak, that you'll anoint us by your Spirit now as we give ourselves to you. Bless your little bride, Lord. Many of them... Oh God, across the east have already met and it's now way late in the evening. The day is about to close. Many of them, Lord, maybe their, their, their service is just about to begin. Something's going on right now, but Lord, you know your people everywhere. 
Lord, you know the needs. Lord, I, I just pray today that there will be a real protest in our hearts. A protest against sin, against unbelief, against the evils in this age. That we'll stand up and we'll claim for our rights as who we are as the children of God. That we'll profess that the word is true and it's right. And we'll wave the flag of victory high. That the blood has atoned. And that the Savior is here saving and healing and delivering. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Good to see each one of you that are here in the service with us. Praying that the Lord will just meet that need, whatever that you have. Amen. We just pray that he'll just come today in a mighty way for your life. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Let's, uh, let's turn to Philippians 2 and verse 5. I want to go there again this morning as um, there are some things that I would like to share here about the mind of Christ. And today we're going to be speaking of the bride has the mind of Christ. Now I want you just to really tune in today and pray for me as you are tuning in, just asking God to give, give Brother Tim the utterance that is needed to minister uh, life to us through the Word. And I, I want you to look, look past what you see. Amen. I want you to look into the unseen. So I want you to look past what you, what you see. Everything that you see that is going on in the world... Amen. The problems that you're facing right now, I want you to look past it. Look beyond that. See something that is greater that is actually happening. And I want you to think past your thinking. I want you to go way beyond what you've been thinking until you can, you can think as he thinks. Amen. Exceeding above, abundantly above what you are able to think or ask and get into the mind of God. Because the bride has the mind of Christ. And that's what we're speaking on this morning is the bride has the mind of Christ. Philippians 2 and verse 5, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation. And took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Amen. So the mind that was in Christ brought him into obedience to the will of God. Amen. So when we're saying, let this mind be in us, let it bring us in humility, humbling down to the will of God for our lives. And for this day, this age that we're living in, because we have a word to fulfill. God bless you. you. Can be seated. We've been speaking now for nearly two years upon the people of the book. We've titled, you know, went through a lot of different things as we have done. And we started with this thought of the people of the book have returned to the land of the book. And, and uh, today we're going to take it into in this land, the, the bride has the mind of Christ. And that's, that's where we are in this time, where the, the mind of Christ has been revealed to a generation, to a people. 
in this last day to prepare her for the rapture of the church. And, and so when, when God made man and, and created uh, even the animal world, he made them all spirits. But only man, he gave a soul. And in the soul, there is a conscience. And, and so it, it almost makes us to the word that we are a dual creature, that we are one born of heaven, and yet we're living in a body that has been born of the earth. So it makes us, makes us of a dual, dual creature and in some ways um, a dual nature in that we're still human, but yet we are born sons of God. And, and so we, uh, within our soul there is a consciousness which Brother Branham would call the subconscious. Now, in the subconscious, he would explain even his visions was like this. He said um, that, uh, he said, like when you go to sleep and you dream, he said, now, that's part of you somewhere. And, and he said, um, many times it's things that you were thinking about. Um, that happened to me last night. I drove, drove by Brother Timothy's garden, and I saw his beans uh, were there, and knowing he's away from home, and and uh, the beans are, are probably on the vines. I couldn't see them, but just coming by them, I was thinking, you know, uh, those probably need to be picked. And, you know, they're, they're probably coming to the point of fruition. And so, they, you know, during the night I dream about um, the beans and, and um, some of them are overripe and we're having to shell them. And, you know, I like that because they had went too long. It was a result of my subconscious mind in the night, but it was a part of me somewhere, Amen. right? And so Brother Branham said about his visions, he said, the visions, he says, you don't dream. He said, it's like a dream. He said, you see it. And of course, some dreams are from God. And so again, he said, some people don't dream at all. And he said, your, your subconscious is far as from here to the wall. But other people, their, their, their subconscious is closer. And God can deal in that subconscious. And even give spiritual dreams and dreams that will mean things for years to come. You know, I've, I've, had, I've had many of those like that that, um, that have come to very, very true, very uh, come to pass exactly. I, I remember, you know, the Lord sometimes just gives them to you just for um, his, um, his, his grace to, to help you, um, to, to deal with a situation that he knows you're going to deal with. I remember when I was raising rat terriers, for example, um, you know, I, I, I had a little dog there that I had bought, and, and I had some puppies that were ex being expected to be born, and and so I had to go away and preach. And so I called home several times about, my, uh, about the dog and, you know, checked on it and, and even called that morning before I got on the plane. How is that, how is that dog? And, oh, it's fine. Everything's okay. And, and, uh, but but I, I had had a dream that night. And I dreamed this coming in. And I walked from the car directly to the box uh, where that the, the dog in the kennel that it was in lifted up the lid and looked down and there was the dog laying there dead and a puppy laying right beside it dead. 
And so, you know, I'd had that dream. So I'd called, well, check on this dog. And when I got home, I, I walked right in. And as I did, I walked straight to the kennel and straight to the box. And there the dog was laying there dead. And the puppy exactly as I'd seen it in the dream. Now, you see, sometimes those are, when, when a, a, a dream like that comes to pass, it's actually a vision that happens in your subconscious. It's the same as a vision. And, and some are gifted that way in order to, because he said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And he said, old men will dream dreams and young men will see visions. And so, Brother Branham said about a vision, he said, now your subconscious is right here. And he, and he said, they're together. And he said, you're standing awake, you're not asleep, but in a vision, you're awake and your subconscious right here, and you're actually watching things that has happened in the past, and it's as though they're present, and you're hearing voices, you're seeing things that are even in the future. And that all happens, he says, in the subconscious realm. And so, you know, that, that was, again, showing us the mind of Christ was here. And that it is coming so close that we even see with the prophet's ministry, it was so close that he could even be awake and recognize um, things that were happening in the spirit realm. Is everybody with me? Now, and of course, it is also a sign to us that Christ is here because only Christ can discern the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And so he is here. He was in the form of the word because the word knows the thoughts and intents of the heart and can divide asunder between the soul and the spirit. So it was identifying that the word was here. But yet, um, at the same time, it shows us that Christ is here in bride form. That that was his mind working among us. Now, again, when we have the message as I preached last Sunday and we received the opening of the seals, that was the mind of Christ that was being revealed to us. God thinking, not a theologian, not a man's idea or theologian's interpretation, but God's own mind being expressed to an age in this day through a seer, a prophet whose subconscious could be right here and he could be in that realm while standing in this realm at the same time. Now, again, um, but, but when we talk about that, we, we also know that the, um, a man who is unconverted, his subconscious is also there, but it is, it is tainted with that which is evil. I'd like to go with, to, with you to go with me to Genesis 6 and 5. Because the unconverted man is led by what he sees, and his senses declare that. Now, um, Genesis 6 and 5, and God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So now we're, we're going to look at here because right here in the time where the mind of Christ is being poured out, we also see the mind of Satan is being poured out. 
because we are again as it was in the days of Noah where God destroyed the earth the first time because the wickedness of man was great in the earth and every imagination of his thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. If you look with me to Genesis 8:21, we'll, we'll read this portion. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. So now, here again, if you look here, we're just taking that portion out. The imagination of man's heart, this is after the flood, is evil from his youth. So there is an inherent nature of evil, of darkness that we receive by our first birth. And this is what we must die to and we must be born again. Now, again, Jesus agreed with this in Matthew 15, 19. For out of the heart, notice this, out of the heart, that's where the the subconscious lays, uh, proceedeth um, evil thoughts, murders, and adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. So notice again, out of the heart proceedeth evil. Thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, and blasphemies. And again, this is because there is an anointing that has come down even to anoint the evil passions of men in this last day as Satan is about to become incarnate in the people. Are you with me? Amen. Now, but at the same time, God is becoming incarnate in his church. And they will have the mind of Christ. So now the new birth removes sin nature that defiles a man. And it places in him the mind of Christ. So the born again man walks by faith and not by sight. Now that's scripture, right? Now, uh, you know, Brother Branham taught it this way. When God made a man, he said God chose his heart. But he said the devil took his head. Now, so again, every time that God comes to redeem, he comes to the heart. Amen. To change the heart, not just your thinking, but your heart. Now, so again, he says, he says, God chose his heart and the devil took his head. The devil through imagination makes him imagine anything and gives him intellectual conceptions of the scripture. So now, makes him imagine anything, plus, on the religious side, distorts the scriptures to where it's only an intellectual thinking. It's not a work within the heart. I'd like to turn to Psalms 92 and 5, and let's just see this scripture, because it says, O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. Hallelujah. Amen. How great are thy works and thy thoughts are very deep. A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth a fool understand this. So again, another translation says the spiritually insensitive do not recognize this. The fool does not understand this. And of course, you know, in Psalms 14 and 1, it is the fool that is said in his heart, there is no God. And they are corrupt, and they have done abominable works. And there is none that doeth good. Here's the condition of 
the depravity of man and man in a lost condition. He says, they are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looketh down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. And there are, they are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. And there is none that doeth good, no, not one. This is a condition of sinful man. That's why you have to be born again to see or understand the kingdom of God. Because his thoughts are very deep. And the wicked cannot understand it. Those that are born again will never understand the kingdom of God. Unless you're born again. Amen. Now, so you see those, there again, God gets in his heart and leads him by the spirit and makes him believe things that his intellectual knows nothing about. Because the message cannot be passed on intellectually and the new birth cannot happen intellectually. It must be a change on the inside of the inside. Now, when you were saved, Brother Brandon said, God gives you faith to rise above the muck of the earth. Your faith overcomes the things of the world. What is your faith? Your faith is that act that God has did in you to make you a son of God. You quit your lying. You quit your stealing. You quit your drinking because faith rises you up above it. Amen. If you don't do it, you don't have any faith. And by faith, are you saved and that through grace. And as much as your faith will be released. That's how much power you have. Because in you dwells the power to make heavens and earth. God dwells in you and your sons and daughters of God. Amen. There you are, but it's your faith. Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. If thou canst believe, all things are possible. Verily I say unto you, if you say to this mountain, be thou moved. And don't doubt, but believe what you said. So now when God made man, he made this little compartment. In the man for his own throne. Now, you and I, we never could take a microscope and really find it. Right? Neither can you find your spirit or the breath of your life. And when it leaves, you can't see it when it goes. And, and the same thing with the soul of man. It's something that is not, is not tangible or, or, or able to be see or taste or feel or hear or reach by the five senses. It is something, though, that is real, that is on the inside of you. It's a consciousness. And, and God made this for his throne. This is to be the tower, the control tower through which he operates and controls your, all your thinking, your movements, your, your beliefs. Everything is to be done where God leads the man. But you see, man wants to lead himself. And so there is a war that goes on constantly. Man wants to go after what he sees with his eyes. Now again, as I told you, you got to look beyond. You got to see beyond what you are seeing. Amen. But man wants to go after what he sees with his eyes. And that's where he's deceived. That's where Satan deceived Eve. Where by what she could see, the fruit was pleasant to the eyes. Amen. But it was death to the soul. 
And when man followed his own way, getting off on his own leading is what separated him from fellowship with God. When he started looking with what he could see by his eyes. Now, this is still our problem today. We're, we're seeing things through the eyes of man. Amen. Many times you're, you're looking at situations. You're looking at your problems. And you're looking there with just human eyes. And you're going to have to see beyond what you're seeing. Now, door to the heart. Brother Branham shared with us that he said you're given five senses. And, and he says, them five senses, your intellectuals was never given you to lead you. But the sixth sense, was, which is faith, was given to you to lead you. And that sixth sense is the super sense. It is to lead you. And he says, notice, he says, these senses was given to you only to contact your earthly home. But that you might see, taste, feel, smell, and hear. But they were no, by no means to lead you. You see, false doctrine even today has bound up the spiritual eyes of the church for generations. Brother Brandon would use that example. He said, what if you bound up the eyes of a, a people for generation after generation after generation? He said, after a while, they would be born blind. And he said the same thing will happen with the church. If you for generation after generation after generation, you know, bind up the eyes of the church where they are not seeing with spiritual eyes. Are you with me? Then you're going to have children that are born in the church that are blind. And they cannot see what God is doing. Amen. And Brother Branham said that that's what the church has done to the sixth sense that God put in him. He, placed, he has just placed faith off in miracles and signs. And then the things that, that contacts God, it gives him the Holy Ghost and things that he's placed off back there and back off somewhere else until it's, the thing has become dead. That's right. He don't know how to use it. There's just nothing to him. You say, well, God's a healer. Well, what about that? God's a healer. If he ever was a healer, he's still a healer. If he ever was a savior, he's still a savior. If he ever was God, he's still God. But you see, it's a lack of faith that has been preached into the people. Amen. That makes them let that sixth sense, which is faith, lay dormant. I don't want to be guilty of that as a preacher. Amen. I don't want to be guilty of binding up the eyes of the church. Amen. Where that they only have the memories of God in the past. And they cannot see with spiritual eyes Christ among us, a living God. How many of you this morning say, I want to see a living God? That's who I want to serve is a God that lives. Now, again, you know, you go back to the days of Abraham. And Abraham, when hope was gone, he believed. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in the faith, giving glory to God. And to do this, he could not look at sense knowledge. Now, we're going to be talking about that this morning, sense knowledge. And I want you to understand this is a terminology that Brother Branham used several times throughout his message. 
but it's called sense knowledge. We know by our senses. We're going by what we see, what we hear, what we feel. Now, Brother Branham said God called Abraham and separated him. And the only thing he had to do, or the only thing he had to believe was God's word. Faith comes by hearing. And all reason and sense knowledge had to pass away. And he had to depend exactly on what thus sent the Lord. Look, Abraham was 75. His wife, Sarah, was 65. And he was going to give him a child by Sarah. And Abraham couldn't say, now let me see now. If there's such a way, uh, let me go down and ask the doctor if Sarah could renew her strength. Why, he couldn't reason it out, but he based his faith on thus saith the Lord. Is that right? Amen. That's the way it's always been down to the ages. Noah couldn't see the rain coming, but he had a word from God. And he looked beyond what he could see. And he could see judgment coming. Come on. Amen. And we, we today, you can look beyond what you see. And you know that fire is about to fall. We're living in an evil day. Are you with me now? But we're basing our faith on thus saith the Lord. Now, again, Brother Branham said this in expectation where he uses this terminology again. He said, oh, Christians, most all Christianity in the way we see it today is so shallow. It's like bubble dancing. You speak of the Spirit and know little of it. That's right. You don't get down and deal with the actual facts of it. You see, that's the reason that theologians today just know from a word standpoint. They approach it like that with a sense knowledge and know nothing about the indwelling spirit and the power. They don't deal with spirit. They just look at it and say, well, I believe it's this. And you draw your own conception. And that's the reason they make fatal mistakes. I don't want to be a shallow Christian. Again, he would talk about this, using this term. And he said, now, if you look and live, when you hear the gospel preached, on the basis of the word, that settles it. You're healed right there. But you cannot be healed by mental faith. You've got to be healed by real living faith from your heart. No matter how much you've worked up here, and no matter how much you disbelieve uh, uh, up here, if something down in here tells you it's over, it's over. That settles it. There's no more fear at all. Nobody can tell you any different. You don't know why you believe it. It's not reason. It's faith. You just believe it. And that's the way it takes place. You believe it and go on. No matter what your sense knowledge would say, be, out of, be all out of reason. It was out of reason for Abraham and Sarah to have a baby, but they believed it anyhow. And it's all out of reason for a man to stay alive in the belly of a well, but he did anyhow. Amen. It's all out of reason for a man to raise one from the dead, but he did it anyhow. Amen. Yes, it's true. It's not reason. It's faith. Right? Amen. That's why we need revelation. 
I'm coming back to that. Remember, we entered, we ended on the need for revelation and how we should pray for revelation more than anything. Go read that quote again in, in a moment. But listen, we need revelation. We want certain things to happen, but what is God's mind about it? What does God want done? You see, Adam was in the image of God, and by faith, Adam had dominion over the world. By faith, he dressed the garden. By faith, he controlled the animals upon the earth. When the fall came, his faith dwarfed, and his senses began to lead him. Now he was no longer operating by faith. He would be operating by the sweat of his brow. What he could see, taste, smell, feel, and hear with his own strength. To move a tree, it would now take an axe and lots of sweat. Amen. Amen. To control the animal would mean to kill the beast. To subdue him in some, in some different ways by using the intellects of man. No longer could he control the earth by faith. Because sin came in the picture. Amen. Now what God is going to do is resurrect us back to faith again. Amen. Where we are controlling things in an atmosphere of faith. Bringing, come on now. Jesus did it with a word. He cast out devils. Made the sickness leave with a word. Amen. Faith in the word made devils tremble. Is that right? Amen. Faith in the word brought out Lazarus four days dead from the grave. Faith made him to walk on the waters. Faith caused him to speak to a raging sea and the whole sea became quiet. Is that right? He did it by word, the second Adam. Now, this, this is, the, the reason we're pointing to Jesus is because he's the first of the new race. Amen. And every son of God's going to be born in his image. Every newborn child, amen, will be born in his image. Because kind begets kind, species begets species. So if Jesus gives birth to sons, he's going to have sons just like him. Is that right? Amen. Now, again, again, Brother Branham said that God gave you the five senses as a gift. And it depends on what you yield these senses to will be the way your life is controlled. The way you yield those five senses, what you see, what you hear, what you taste, smell, feel, whatever those senses are yielded to, they will dominate you. Now, already, you know, many of you have been listening to the news and it's been dominating you. Amen. It's been dominating your thinking, even dominating your attitudes. Some of you, it's dominated your passions, such as anger. Come on. Because you are looking at what you see instead of looking in the eyes of the Word of God and what God's mind is about it. Amen. Come on now. Amen. We're, we're grateful that God gave us the five senses, but they were not given you to lead you. Amen. They were given you just for earthly contact. Amen. There was a sixth sense that belongs only to the Christian. How many are Christian? Then you got a sixth sense. 
Amen. And, and that's the only way that you can have more than six inches, five inches for the natural person is to be a Christian. And that, that is faith. It's the one that is to govern and to guide you and is superior to what you're seeing, tasting, smelling, feeling, or hearing. Now, don't mean the other senses are no good, but they were not given to you to lead you. Amen. The five senses are contrary to the word of God. They're lying. Amen. But the sixth sense cannot lie. Amen. It's a super sense. And we're going to get into it. If I get the time today, this bride is a super race. She has a super sense. She is the mind of Christ. Amen. The super sense is the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The faith of God that dwells in you. So if you have the Holy Spirit, you have faith within you. Amen. Now, and that, that is, to, to, if you can let the five senses now be yielded to the sixth sense, it will guide you and bring all the other five senses under control of the super sense. It's so far beyond and above the natural sense. As the, as the spiritual man is above the natural, as far as the heaven is above the natural man and his five senses. It makes you believe things that you cannot see. Amen. It makes you act where you do not think the five senses would ever think about it. The devil can get in these five senses and lie to you, but he can't touch the super sense. That is far beyond its reach that come from God. It's called faith. And faith is that great thing. Now, and the five senses do not control the sixth sense, but the sixth sense controls the five senses. Amen. The super sense controls the natural senses, and the five senses are see, taste, smell, feel, and hear. And the super sense is something that'll make you believe God's word, for that's the only thing it will speak about. Amen. So the super sense only looks at God's word. What does God say about this? Amen. Now, and it'll make you believe things, believe for things that you can't see that are totally unreasonable. Amen. That are, that are contrary to your feeling. Somebody with me? Amen. Even contrary to what you're hearing from the doctor or the world or wherever you're getting your information from. Amen. And it'll deliver that word to you and make you walk contrary to any other thing there is but God's word. That's what faith will do. Now, so again, we, but when, when, we, when we're born, the only thing we know about is just in our intellectual thinking. We think as a man. We see as a man. We understand as a man. We hear as a man. But when we become born again, we are governed or regenerated, uh, born again. And when that happens, the sixth sense takes a hold of us. And doing so, that super sense raises you up to a spot where that you can have faith to believe things that you could not hear, things you could not see, understandings you could not understand, and you believe it anyhow because you're governed by the sixth sense, the super sense. Hallelujah. Amen. 
So that five senses were, you know, that, that super sense is to make your five senses deny everything that's contrary to God's word. So you look at something and you say, well, I see this. But the super sense will make you deny what you're seeing. I heard the doctor say this, but the super sense will make you deny what the doctor said. Amen. Amen. Your feelings say you can't overcome that cigarette habit or that dope or that stuff that you've been on. And that, but the super sense says, I can overcome it. I can rise up above this. Amen. Now, so the, the super sense doesn't see all of that at all. I mean, it's when David, when David looked at the, the Goliath, he looked at it with a super sense. And he says, you, you know, uh, who are you to defy? You're uncircumcised. You're out of the covenant. God ain't on your side. And who are you to defy the armies of the living God? Amen. And he saw him as nothing. And he saw his God as everything. Amen. Now, so you walk by the, the, the sixth sense. You talk by that sixth sense. What was David doing? Today, I'll cut your head off. What was he doing? He didn't even have a sword. But he was talking by the super sense. Amen. He was proclaiming things he could not see to be already so. Amen. So you, you walk by that sixth sense. You talk by that sixth sense. You even die by that sixth sense. These all died in faith. Amen. You rise by that super sense. Amen. Because it's something in you that is different than what's in the natural man. Now, you know, you know, I have an organ here that Brother J. Ron Colley is having trouble with today, his eyes. God, I'm asking you to touch that right now in Jesus' name. How many agree with me? We can believe. Amen. I've got, a, I've got an organ called an eye through which I can see. I've got an organ called an ear through which I can hear. Amen. I have an organ here. Some of you think this is a big one. Amen. By which I can smell. But faith is the organ which enables people to see the invisible order. Now, and when you're born again, God puts this in you so that you can believe things that the natural mind could never believe and see things that the natural mind could never, or natural eye could never see. I mean, look, look with Moses when he stood there and he looks at his choices of poor people or Pharaoh's throne. Amen. And he looked beyond what he could see. Because he saw the richest nation and the greatest, being the greatest general and, and the greatest army. And he saw them defeated. And this little bitty nation of slaves being liberated and going to a new land. He looked with a different eye. Than what he could see. 
That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to tell sometimes you young people. You've got to look at things with a different eye than what you're seeing. You see what popularity is. You see what makes you socially acceptable. You see what the world wants you to be like. You've got to look beyond that and see the spirit behind it. Amen. See the spirit behind it. I mean, you, a lot of times you, you don't look at that, but you know, but the spirit behind it is the spirit of rebellion. Amen. A spirit that will, will make you not to be subjected, subjectable to the word or, or, or as a woman to her husband or whatever it is. It, it'll be the, a spirit there. You got to look beyond what you're just seeing. Now, so this is, this is why that things happen. Let me just read some of this. The natural man only has these five senses. They're all right as long as it can be brought in submission to the sixth sense. If the natural mind reads the word of God and said that's the word of God, it's speaking the truth. But if it reads it and it says it's not all the word of God or it was one time but it isn't now, then that sixth sense come in and say, but he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's the difference. That's why so many people fail to be healed. They are trying to come with an intellectual conception. And they say, oh, I do this, and I believe this, and so forth. But if that sixth sense is saying that, then there is nothing that will shake them from that sixth sense. Sixth sense denies all symptoms. Amen. Anything that contrary to the word of God's word, any feeling, any emotion. Amen. Somebody said, well, I prayed for it, but I just don't feel any better. Amen. The sixth sense will never stand for that. The sixth sense will say, that's a lie. Amen. Because my feelings are not saying what God's word said. And today I'm agreeing with what God's word said. No matter what my feelings are saying, they're not yet in accordance with what God's word said. Six cents won't stand for that. It'll say, it's a lie. I'm, I'm getting well. God said so. That settles it. God said so. The six cents only feeds on the word of God. That's super sense. It's super. It's above all the other senses. It's greater sense. It's a faith. It's a power that stirs and drives. It's something that makes you do things you never thought you would do. It's the sixth sense, the super sense. You get prayed for. Say you got a crippled hand and you get prayed for in your hand. You come up there and you believe God's going to heal you and the, the pastor prays for you. You go back. The old natural man will say this. You don't feel any better or any different in that hand, you're no better than what you ever was. But if the sixth sense comes along and said, that's a lie you've been prayed for, that settles it. Amen. You know you're going to be healed. It may not happen today. It may not happen tomorrow. Come on. Sometimes we, we want miracles. Healing is not a miracle. Even John Ryan's healing was not a miracle. He was blind. 
Amen. He was blind, and Brother Branham tells him in the prayer line, oh, you know, you're healed. He goes back off, walks off the platform as blind as ever. And he says, you know, he, he gets to talking with somebody in the back and said, that man said I was healed. I don't understand. I can't see. And he gets him back in the line again. And he says, he said, what are you doing back in the line? You're healed. He said, well, I can't see. He said, that doesn't have nothing to do with it. He said, you said you believe me. He said, well, I do. You told me things I don't know that nobody else knew. You told the secrets of my heart. Yes, I have to believe you. What must I do? Then you go off testifying. Thank God for healing me. Amen. Because what? You see, he had to hold on to that promise even though thus saith the Lord had come. Same way with you. You get a word from God. You don't give up on it. You keep holding on to that promise. Amen. If God gave you a promise, hold on to it. Amen. Take a, take a grip of it. Now God wants to lead man. So he puts him a control tower in the midst of his heart so a man can be led by the Spirit of God. For the Scripture said, sons of God and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. Amen. It didn't say you are led by your five senses. What you can see, taste, smell, feel, and hear said you're led by the Spirit. (laughs) For some, your emotions is your control tower. And you can notice a man or woman It tries to walk after the things of the world. They can never please God. You know why? They're going by their emotions. Oh, isn't that cute? Oh, isn't that? Wouldn't I look like a doll like that? Oh, you know, just to fit in. You're going, you're ruled by your emotions. Amen. But a man or a woman that will not look at the things of the world, but just go according to the leading of the Spirit. And let me just tell you, the Spirit will only direct you to the Word. Amen. You know, then then there's where the great fight is today. Satan took the eye, a man's head, to control him by his head, and got to his heart. So just remember, even as a believer, you're saved, and you got faith in your heart, but Satan will try to anoint your senses. To believe things that is contrary to the word of God. This is why, you know, it doesn't cancel out your salvation. It just simply keeps you from having your healing and your deliverance. I mean, say, God, help me to keep my eyes on you. Brother Branham said, even then, he said, that's, He said, a man's always trying to achieve something by his head. He's supposed to achieve, but by his heart. And that's a control tower where God controls him and directs his thoughts and directs his walk, directs his emotion. And what's now? He said, sometimes I get happy. I get so happy, I just have to let it loose. And if I look around and see somebody and then I get my eyes on people, then... How many's ever done that? Amen. You feel the Holy Spirit and go to moving, and man, you just feel such joy in your heart, and you just want to let it loose, but you're afraid of what everybody else thinks. 
Amen. Amen. He says, I got my eyes on people then. He said, God, help me to keep my eyes closed. I want to be led by the Spirit of God. That, that, that the flesh will have nothing to do into it. So that's what we do. We quench the spirit. Amen. To please the flesh. Usually he said ministers get in the pulpit. They begin to think if I speak on a certain, certain thing, here's a certain member of my church that is a good payer in this church. They'll leave the church. And then you go to looking at the flesh again. Then God can't lead that spirit. You've got to say what the spirit says to say. Then we are led by the spirit of God. How many wants a spirit-led minister? Amen. Now, your subconscious is your soul. And you usually move by your subconscious. And, and that's the reason with preachers today, they don't believe in divine healing. And they won't preach it. Amen. Because salvation has never come down in their heart. It's only in their head. Hello. The subconscious is a control center. The control center is what you are. It moves you. You live by it. And it's either of God or Satan. If you're born again, if you're born again, the Holy Spirit abides there within the soul, controlling your life, revealing his will to you. Remember, the Bible's always his will. If not, Satan abides there and you have nothing to believe with. Now, so you have, as it were, two consciousness. You've got a mind, the intellect, where your memory, your imagination, your reason, your affection, your conscience, your sense of right and wrong, and so on is there. And, and people try to look at their intellect for faith. When faith doesn't lay there, reasons lay there, but faith lays in the soul. And that's why Jesus said, if you say to this mountain... And be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And don't doubt in your heart. Amen. But believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He will have whatsoever he said. It has to be something you believe from the heart. In other words, it's a revelation of faith. Now, again, Romans 10 and 9. We went through this scripture last week. But just want to touch it briefly. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart. Notice here where you have to believe. In the heart. That God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation deliverance. So you see, many people believe this in their mind, but the word don't perform for them, and it's because they don't believe it from the heart. It's got to be something revealed to you. Now, the subconscious is where you live. Let me just go through some of these statements real quick. The subconscious is where you live. That's the reason for people it's hard for them to have faith. Up here they say, yes, I got faith, but something down here says but it's not for you. This fellow up here says, I believe God heals. And I believe he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
But the subconscious says, but it's not for you. The conscience of the mind says, and I'm quoting Brother Branham, oh, Brother Branham, I got all faith. And he said, they believe that in sincerity. But down on the inside in the subconscious place lays a place called the soul. And this intellectual mind does not govern the vibration of the system. The mind is only a director. It will direct you and it's very incapable of bringing you to God, your mind. You, you cannot know God by your mind, the intellectual. It's one of the resources or channels that will lead you to it. But your soul is what governs you. You are what you are by your soul. Again, um, you know, and I wanted to share this, dealing with the subconscious, and then we'll go on. But Brother Branham had several things to say, and bear with me as I just share it with you. But I think it's important that we just lay these things out as we get into this. He says, now, there's a reason that people doesn't get the healing and the blessings that sometimes they so reverently ask for. You walk up and perhaps... 90%, 99% of out of every 100 in here tonight, do you believe Jesus Christ can heal you? Yes. And without a shadow of a doubt, they believe that. Well, then Jesus said, if you believe it, you shall receive it. But that's just a conscience believing it. Now you've got a subconscious that's got to act too. So you're believing it from up here. Amen. Oh, yeah, I, I believe that. Yeah, I believe that story. Yeah, I believe that Jonah really got swallowed by a whale. I, I really believe uh, oh, the Red Sea opened up, and it was a, a, a deep sea, and, 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 and there was a pathway. Yeah, I really believe Jesus rose from the dead, but you're doing it here. It's never here. Because down in here, something's governing you out here, directing you contrary to the word. And you know... That cannot be right. He said, it's like a man crossing the sea. When you go into the ship, the man runs to the, sh- the ship. The man who runs the ship or guides it sets up here in the pilot house. The man that really runs the ship goes down the bowels of the ship, down into the hull of it. He's the engineer. No matter how much this guy up here says, this guy that does the work, that's your subconscious. This is your, your first conscience. Now, if this fellow here receives an order from the mate or whoever it is, what, he's, what to do, he passes on down. He guides the ship, but this man has to do with the, the running of it. No matter how much he does the guiding, it won't do a bit of good until you got some steam down here or some pressure pulling it. Now, what if he sets an order down two knots to the left and this man turns two knots to the right? Won't do no good which way he turns it here. You see, you're going around and around in the harbor. You'll never get out. Well, that's the conscience and the subconscious. This fellow here, he believes all right, but this won't cooperate with him. Amen. Now, the reason it don't cooperate is when you get here to get prayed for each night, I say to lay your hands on each other, believe with all your heart, and you shall receive what you ask for. God comes around and confirms it just exactly what is said. The truth of his presence being here, and there's not a mortal mentally right but would know but what that's the truth. And yes, you say, I believe it. And the next night, you're right back in the prayer line again. See, it shows that there's a little fear down here. Yes, I believe it, but is it really for me? 
And that's the subconscious saying that. Now, if the subconscious and this conscience will agree perfectly together, then when an order comes, I am the Lord that healeth thee right here. And the, I am the Lord that healeth thee. And the subconscious says, he's the Lord that healeth me. The ship will go out to sea. There you are. It's got to be an agreement. God, first conscience, second conscience, and then, and then um, our subconscious. And then they, there's not a shadow of a doubt. No matter if it's the next day, you was twice as sick as you was when you come to church that night, you're healed anyhow. You're just healed anyhow. There's nothing can take you out of it. It's going to be done because you've accepted it. There's something anchored in there that's far beyond sight. Any physical or mental thing that you can have, any of the senses would never declare it like faith. And a lot of people are going on sense knowledge of how what they still see or what they still feel instead of what the Word of God said. Amen. Amen. Now, but when they come in perfect agreement, that's when you're going to move toward your healing, your deliverance. Are you with me? Now, again, you, you see, you can believe it up here, he says. Let me just say it. They believe it up here, but don't down here. And this this here will overrule because the subconscious will move on. You'll try to walk out with a mental conception. Glory to God, I'm healed. Praise the Lord, I'm healed. And write down saying it isn't so. It's not a revelation here. And he said, and finally this rules, this fool rules that right away. And with these symptoms arise, then you just say, well, I just didn't get it. And that's what out. The conscience of the mind has to be in agreement with the conscience of the soul. And they must both be in agreement with the word. Amen. And that's when healing will take place. When you can get the mind and the heart together agreeing with the word, then you'll be healed. All right. Now, that's why you need to pray for, to God for revelation. More than anything. You got a need in your life? Start praying to God for revelation. Say, Lord, I need a revelation on this. I need it quickened to my heart. Amen. If, you, if you're, you're unsaved, God will give you a revelation of salvation. He sure will. Amen. But again, it's got to be from the heart. A man is what he is as he believes from the heart. Therefore, if a man or a woman could ever get their thoughts and their testimony and their lives lined up with God until the channel of the Holy Spirit would be perfectly one with God, what would take place? If, a, if the, the man and the woman could ever get lined up with the freedom from their hearts, with faith from their innermost. Most people come to the altar to be prayed for. They have intellectual faith. They confess their sins and join the church by intellectual faith. They believe it in their mind. They believe it because they've heard it. They believe it because they know it's the best policy, but it's not what God looks at. He don't look at your intellectual faith. He looks on the heart. We're on the inside. When it comes in the heart, all things are possible then. Your confession meets up with your life. And your life speaks as loud as your confession does. And then when your confession says one thing and your life says another, there's something wrong somewhere. That's because you have an intellectual faith and not a faith from your heart. 
And that shows that out here is a knowledge of God, but inside here is a demon of doubting. I believe in divine healing, but it's not for me. And he'll try to anoint you. Even those of you that are born again. I just, it just somehow won't work for me. I know God does this, but it's not for me. It won't happen for me. It happened, oh, if I could get, and you're going by sense knowledge instead of walking by faith. Now, again, again, you say, well, what about for my lost loved ones? How does this work? How does this apply for my lost loved ones? How many's got lost loved ones you want to see saved? All right, let's just look at this. You know, you know I, I'll tell you, the people of God started sighing and crying for the abominations. That are done in the city. If we start sighing and crying for what's going on in our neighborhoods and our world, even what's going on in our church, in our families, and you start making something a priority, come on, things would be different. This little woman wrote Brother Branham. I don't I don't know who she was, but he says she said, "I want to receive the Holy Ghost." I want to know what to do. I'm burdened for my family to be saved. And he said, if you want to receive the Holy Ghost, let me tell you something, dear sister. The Bible said, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst for after righteousness. You're so blessed to even want it. Now remember, not that you got it, but you're blessed are they that hunger and thirst for it, for they shall be filled. Just stay right with it. What must I do for my family? Use the same faith that you're using for yourself, for your family. Commit them to the Lord and believe with all your heart that you're going to be saved. And don't just let it come on your natural thinking here, but let it drop way down on the inside, that subconscious. Then they're yours. God's give them to you when you got it down here. Amen. So there's one thing that you need to be praying about. You need to be praying about revelation and say, God, let it drop from up here down to here so that I can believe for my children, for my loved one, for my needs, my husband, my situation. Let it drop from up here to down here. Amen. Whatever you have in your heart here, ask for it. And when you pray, you believe that you receive what you ask for. You don't doubt it no more. You can't believe it and doubt it at the same time. Amen. How many knows that? You can't believe and doubt at the same time. You've got to believe that what you ask for, you receive it. Then he said it would be given to you. So you believe for your family and they'll get it. Amen. Why don't, you, why don't you right now start just calling it so? Not what you see. Just start calling it so. Amen. God, you gave me that child. God, you gave me that son. You gave me that daughter. You gave me a husband. You gave me a wife. You gave me this. And I'm calling it so. Amen. I'm invoking that promise. Amen. I'm going to start preparing for that promise to be manifest. Are you with me? What about divine healing? Brother Branham said here, he said, I, he said, I want to believe, believes in divine healing. Every one of you, you said, sure, Brother Branham, I believe in divine healing. Now, maybe you mean that with intelligence. You know how to speak. You believe it. That's in your head. 
But remember, there's a subconscience down here that's got to say the same thing. It, if it doesn't, you'll never get nowhere. You might read the Bible. Well, Brother Branham here, the Bible says this, and that's exactly right, and that's what people today, well, I believe Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Well, how do you know he's the Son of God? The Bible said so. Well, how do you know he's the Son of God? Mother said so. The preacher said so, and they might be right. But how do you know? And the Bible said you cannot know until you receive the Holy Ghost. You're only taking somebody else's word. Did you know that? That doesn't do very good, at, in, but that's the truth. Quote it. No man can say Jesus is the Christ only by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost in you has to bear record to the resurrection and Jesus being the Son of God, and you're only, ta- or you're only taking what somebody else's word said for it. You're only taking what the Bible says. The Bible's right, or you're taking what the minister says. The minister's right, or some good person said, and they're right, but you as an individual don't know that Jesus is a Christ until the Holy Ghost has brought it to you. Amen. And notice, no man can have faith for healing until it's revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he's going to get well. Now, you're going to need revelation. And to get revelation means that you've got to get the thinking of Christ about the matter. Now, it's the same as a personal revelation for salvation. Now, help me now just for a bit. Brother, Brother Kalen is probably listening in today from South Africa. He's a pastor there, and he and I were fellowshipping. And he shared with me the definition of faith he found on wiki books. God bless you, Brother Kalen, and the group there with you. In the Greek, the word which we get, faith, the noun, the noun is Pistis. And believe the verb is pisteo. Faith means belief, firm persuasion, assurance, firm conviction, faithfulness. Faith is confidence in what we hope for. And assurance that the Lord is working. Remember, even when you don't see it, he's working. Amen. So even though we cannot see it. Faith knows that no matter what the situation in our lives or someone else's, that the Lord is working in it. Amen. It is the act whereby a person lays hold on God's resources, becomes obedient to what he has prescribed, and putting aside all self-interest and self-reliance, trusts him completely. It is an unqualified surrender of the whole of one's being's independence upon him. It is wholly trusting and relying upon him for all things. It is not just mental assent to the facts and realities of truth. It must come from a deep inner conviction. Demons also believe. That's what James 2 and 19 said. Demons believe and shudder. But they do not experience faith. Amen. Faith is a divine revelation. Say it again. Faith is a divine revelation. Faith comes from God. It is a gift from God. 
We're going to talk about it. This word, pistis, means uh, it's called faith. It's always a gift from God. It's never something that can be produced by people. It is, faith is for the believers, God's divine persuasion. God persuaded Gideon. God persuaded Noah. By God's persuasion, Enoch walked with God and was not. By, by God's persuasion, Abraham believed for a baby. So faith is God's persuasion. Amen. Therefore, it's distinct from human belief or human confidence. Yet, it involves that. The Lord continuously births faith in the yielded believer. Continually birthing faith. So they can know what the persuasion of his will is. What is your will in the matter? Now, Brother Branham told us, you know, something that was shocking to the Pentecost world, that God does not heal all. Now, that's different than what the divine healers preach, even the charismatic round preaches, that God heals all. God does not heal all. Jesus went into a place, and, and he walked right in. He, he went and left his reason, his sight, his thinking, and everything else, walked right down to a man who had been laying there for 38 years and healed him and left the rest of them laying there. And Brother Branham told us, he said, you Pentecostal people, it's a lie that there's going to be a time that we're going to go in there and empty out the hospital. It has never been done. And it never will be done. Healing is when we can find the will of God. And that's where a church has got to be, where they seek the will of God. And this is the fault of why we're not seeing more healing is because we're not seeking the will of God in the matter. Amen. We hadn't been looking for revelation. Now, God wants to continually birth faith within you. Anytime, Brother Branham said, anything... That God can lead your soul to believe that's yours. Anything that God can lead your soul to believe that's yours. Now, that's why he said, you've got all the power in you, but it's controlled by law of faith. Amen. And he said, the law of faith, that opens it to you if you can just find the key, and that key is revelation. God said so. And when you can get, thus saith the Lord, and thus saith the Lord can still come to us, church. It can still come to us, church. Amen. I mean, it doesn't take a prophet. You can receive, thus saith the Lord, that God can speak to you as an individual. Sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. How are you led? By thus saith the Lord. God dealing with your spirit. Come on, we're to be spiritual people. Spirit-led people. We put ourselves on autopilot all the way, you know, for too many years. It's time we've got to realize we've got to buckle down. Really become sincere believers. People doesn't pray. People doesn't seek the mind of God. People are, are not, Lord, give me the key to that. 
Amen. Brother Branham said, as much as your faith will be released, that's how much power you can have. Now, let me stop for a minute. We look over at Brother Branham and we just see him, my, having this supreme power. But I want to say to you, God showed us the power that laid in the word. Squirrels were spoken to existence three times. Somebody help me. Is that right? Amen. It wasn't, it, and, but the speaking of the squirrels was never Brother Branham's idea. It wasn't him out there saying, you know, and entertaining people and saying, okay, you know, let's have some squirrels today. I need three of them. Let one come here, one come there. God told him to do that. And he was showing what the mind of God could do when a man of God could yield to it. Let me just say it again. You know, when he went to Hattie Wright's house after that, it was not Brother Branham's idea to give her what she wanted. The, the prophet said, a super anointing come upon me. A super anointing. And the Holy Spirit came down and what happened? When she was telling him, all I know it could be was Jehovah Jireh for squirrels to appear out of nowhere. It has to be Jehovah Jireh showing he's the same God. Still operating in men. Come on. Amen. And what happened? Hattie Wright said there's nothing but the truth and it moved God. I want you to know even in a service like this, you can move God. To speak on your behalf. And it has to do with your attitude toward that promise. Amen. And faith dropped in that little woman's heart. There is nothing but the truth. He said, give her what she asked for. And she wanted the salvation of her children. It wasn't Brother Branham's idea when he spoke to a storm. He wasn't out there popping off, showing his power. You know, this is the way people want to be today. They want to be super, super beings and a superman and speak to this storm and speak to that storm. It, you know, God told him. Amen. When he spoke to the tumor in his wife's body that disappeared 1,000, 11, 1,200 miles away from Jeffersonville to Tucson, his wife and two sons, him and his home in Jeffersonville, kneeling down and praying. And God says, ask what you will. What was it? It was the mind of God. Faith is given by inspiration. It is the revelation of the mind of God. In proving his word, Brother Brandon said, you can only have faith as God gives you faith. Faith is a gift of God. Now, in works is faith expressed. I was probably there at this service, don't remember, but you know, I remember the wings of a snow white dove, but this one, Brother Branham said, now faith is a revelation from God. Faith is a revelation. And that's where I want to stay just for a moment. It's a revelation. He's revealed it to you by his grace. It's nothing you did. 
You didn't work yourself up into faith. You ever have faith? It's given to you by the grace of God. And God reveals it to you. Therefore, faith is a revelation. And the whole church is built upon revelation. Amen. Now, faith is always received from God. It's never generated by us. Faith is only exclusively given to the redeemed. It is not a virtue that can be worked up by human effort. Amen. You can't deserve faith. Can't work for faith. You can't live as a Christian long enough to be worthy of faith. Faith is a gift of God. Amen. Faith always comes from God and involves his revelation. Therefore, faith is beyond belief. Amen. Faith is God's work. Faith is never the work of people. We cannot produce faith ourselves. Nor can we drum it up at will. Amen. But faith comes as Christ speaks the word within us. That's why faith cometh by hearing. He said, hearing is not faith. It is received by hearing. So we hear the word and we start believing. Because God gives us faith. Are you with me now? Faith, Brother Branham said, people look to their intellect um, for faith. When faith doesn't lay there, the reasons lay there, faith lays in the soul. Again, I want to, 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 to quote to you from John 5 and 4. Whatsoever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the conquest that conquered the world, our faith. Amen. Faith is a persuasion from God that we receive as he grants impulse. In other words, a divine spark. Amen. You, you've got the word in you. That's why it's important to get the word in there. But it takes that spark of faith to ignite it, to make it explode, and to make it work. Amen. Faith is always the work of God and involves hearing his voice. Amen. Whenever the believer lays a hold of his preferred will. Now think of this. Faith is always the work of God and involves hearing his voice. This is why it's important that you seek the voice of God. This is why it's important you seek for God's leadership. What do you want done about this? Come on. Amen. Faith is when the word is quickened or made alive to you. Brother Branham said, and I promise you I would read this again. No man knows the things that God saved the spirit of God. That he to whom the spirit of God reveals them. We need to call on God for revelation more than anything else in the world. Faith is to be contended for. Come on. Jude 3 said that we, we should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saint. We must contend for faith. I'm trying to get something to the church. It's not, yes, it's a gift of God, but it's something you contend for. It's something you seek the voice of God for. And to do that, you've got to yield to God. 
You got to surrender to God. You got to, you, you, listen, listen, I, I know we're, we're not praying enough. We're not talking to God enough. We're not seeking his mind enough. We done got involved in everything else of the world. We're, our mind is on the news and what's going on out there. And I want you to start seeing what you are seeing. Come on. Amen. You're seeing this turmoil out here, but what's God doing in all of this? Amen. We're seeing a COVID-19, but what's God doing in all of this? Where is his angel? Where is his presence? Where is the Holy Ghost? Amen. You're looking at your cancer. You're looking at your situation or your sickness or, or your asthma or whatever it is. You know, you're looking at that. You're looking at how bad it is. But where, see beyond what you are seeing. We've accepted the Bible. We've accepted the great truths of it. But it's still not real to most people. Quoting your prophet. Because a revelation by the Spirit is not there. The word has not been quickened. Now, Brother Branham told us we had done, we have already put too much emphasis on the mechanics and not enough on the dynamics. And this whole message community is guilty of that. That's right. Charles Price was. Uh, one of the early Pentecostal fathers, but he said, we have made faith a condition of mind. When it is divinely, it is a divinely imparted grace of the heart. We can only receive faith as he gives it. You cannot manufacture faith and you cannot work it up. Brother Branham told him, told him many times, the Pentecostals were especially bad about this, coming into the line. You know, and, and they would feel the, the presence of God and the angel and they'd go to shouting and screaming and yelling and speaking in tongues and dancing all around and shaking themselves and, oh God, hallelujah, amen, glory to God. And Brother Brandon said, don't do that. You interfere with faith there. You interfere with God. Come up reverently and lay your hand up and believe. Faith, you don't work yourself up to it. Faith is something that's already in your heart. You just come and believe. So it isn't something you scream down from heaven. This is, this is a lot of problems sometimes even with, with our youth camp. You know, you, you know instead of yielding to the Spirit, and yes, I know you yield to where you shout, but I mean, come on, you yield to Him until you get something to shout about. Amen. Sometimes you rob yourself from the blessing that you really ought to got. From the real change that takes place on the heart. Amen. Charles Price would say again, you can believe a promise and at the same time not have the faith to appropriate it. Genuine scriptural faith is not our ability to count it done. It is the deep consciousness divinely imparted to the heart of man that it is done. It is the faith that only God can give. Do not struggle in the power of the will. What a mistake to take our belief in God and call it faith. Christ, the living word, is our sufficiency. What is faith? Now let me just take it for a little longer. The clock's busy. So am I. Yeah. So what is faith? 
There was another Christian writer explaining faith like this. Faith is giving substance for what is hoped for. Faith is the, the grasping of the unrealities of hope and bringing them into the realm of reality. And he said, faith grows out of the word of God. It is the warranty deed that the thing for which you have fondly hoped for is at last yours. It is the evidence of things not seen. You hope for finances to meet that obligation. Faith gives assurance that you'll have the money when you need it. You hope for physical strength to do the work that you know you must do. Faith says, God is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Since knowledge you give to the church mental assent, which looks so much like faith that, that many people cannot see the difference. Mental assent is seeing it, admiring it, and saying it's true, but not in my case. Mental assent agrees that the Bible is a revelation that it came from God and every word is true. Yet when the crisis comes, it does not work. It simply recognizes the truthfulness of that wonderful book but does not act upon it. Hope says, I will get it sometime. Faith says, I have it now. Mental assent says, it's beautiful. I know I should have it. For some reason, I don't get it. I cannot understand it. Sense knowledge says, when I see it or when I feel it, I will know I have it. Real faith in the word says, if God said it's true, it is. If he says, by his stripes I'm healed, I am. If God says he will supply every need of mine, he will do it. If he says, I am the strength of your life, he is. Amen. So I go about doing my work because he is what he says he is and I am what he says I am. Amen. I, if he says I am strong, I am. If he says I am healed, I am. If he says he cares for me, I know he does. Amen. Real faith is built on the word. Faith is the result of the word dwelling in us. And he says, I don't mean the word committed to memory. I mean the word live, practice until it becomes a part of it. We meditate it upon it. We think deeply on it. We feed upon it. And the word becomes a very part of ourselves. This word of faith builds us into confidence and assurance. So let this mind be in you. God condescended to become a man for the purpose of redemption. And he humbled himself to the will and the word of the Father. He left his Godship to become a man and he's asking you to put off your humanity. Your old man, what you're seeing, tasting, smelling, feeling, hearing, and realize your sonship, receiving the renewed mind, surrendering your own thinking, to a higher thinking, to be able to think God's thoughts of yourself as sons of God operating with his mind. That's what God wants to do with his people. And when you have been called in the message, the bride is a little faith woman, a woman of faith. Amen. Brother Branham said, when a man lives by faith and walks by faith, he said, I mean substance faith. He is isolated from the entire world, becomes a new creature in Christ. There now you're getting the bride material. You're getting in rapture condition now. Amen. He says, 
He said that means so much to us. He said not just for the pastor, the deacons, the trustee, it means for the laity. Every individual walks in the world with God alone. You're baptized in his kingdom. There's nobody in there but you and God. He gives you the orders and you pack them out. Whatever he says, there's no shadow of it out nowhere. You walk right on. Amen. If the Lord says this, there's no one in the world can talk you out of it. You go on the scene, the, you go on right the same. You come into the perfect faith, per, perfect perfection that cannot fail. That faith never fails. Amen. Amen. As we said, if he's coming, he's coming and bringing forth of his own kind. Let me just share this. The church, the true bride, the church, or church bride comes to the headstone will be a super church. A super race. As she nears that great headstone. There'll be so much like him till they'll be in his very image in order to be united with him. They will be one. They will be the manifestation of the word of the living God. I want you to know this was something that was put on the prophet's pen to write about you. This is thus saith the Lord about what you will be. A super race. A super church. As you near that great headstone. And we're closer now than we've ever been. Amen. Amen. This is a prophecy of the bride. I wonder who is willing to, who, who is willing to, to go from questioning, how can these things be to be it unto me according to thy word? Amen. Amen. That, that brought, that, this brought Mary from barrenness to being pregnant by the Spirit. And that's the only thing that will bring a barren church filled with life is when we quit questioning how and start accepting the promise for ourselves. Amen. Amen. We are to express his mind because we have his mind. We have eternal life. That's God's own life. Brother Branham said you received it like it was on the day of Pentecost. And he said, and through this, the mind of Christ should be operating among us. This brings us in a harmony with the word. Amen. Where we in Christ becomes one. Let me just skip on down to some things as we try to get, get here. Because I, I want you to understand the mind of Christ is to be in the bride as it was in the groom. Amen. Amen. These, these, are, these are apostolic times. As Brother Branham said, I'm trying to get the church into the place where we can really see apostolic times. Sometimes you wonder, Brother Tim, why are you preaching this way? Because it's been promised. Amen. Because this is what God said a bride would be in the end time. Amen. He said, I'm trying to get the church to the place where we can really see apostolic times moving among us. That's what we all hunger. And it's laying right at the door. I wonder who will knock on that door. I wonder who will ask and keep on asking. Amen. He said, we see it, and we have, but we want to see more of it. We want it to be such a flow that it'll be a help to us and flow out to others. Amen. These, let, me just, let me just clarify some things. Can I speak from my heart for a moment? These apostolic times promise are not the repeat of the turmoil and the strife that was found in the book of Acts. Amen. Those were the acts of carnal men. 
the apostolic times promise are the result of the original vine putting forth another branch from itself. And the Holy Spirit acting the believer as he did back then. Listen, it's important how, how we preach these things. And the slant we're preaching them in. Because I'm going to tell you, a lot of these things are now being preached with negativity. Instead of a positive gospel. Let me just read it to you from Brother Branham. This quote stuck out to me this week that as I come across it, I was looking for the word unction. Because I want the unction of the Holy Ghost. I'm looking for that impulse. I want it for me. I want it for you. Brother Branham said, and it wasn't so from the beginning. This was spoken report. Let's go back to the real first light. The old Pentecostal blessing and the power of the Holy Ghost back in the church. They put it all on the preacher today. It ain't the preacher. The Holy Ghost is just as much to the laity as it is in the preacher. He ain't got all the religion. They got it out there, and I'm one today that believes we ought to get the Spirit of God back in the church. Where we can have the gifts of the Spirit operating with unction and power. But today we find men, we're in the beginning of the church age. I'm teaching on next week at my tabernacle at home to write a little commentary. as My comments on it. My own comments on it. You notice it started as the deeds of the Nicolaitans. And after a while it became a doctrine. Well, what it is, they're taking all the spirit away from the congregation and made bishops and overseers and popes and put it all in the pulpit and the pulpit got intellectual. There you got a hybrid church again under intellectual. God send us back the Holy Ghost amongst the people. Let the unction of the Spirit move among the people, giving forth messages and power and manifestation. If we have to stand on the street corner or get in a chicken house or a barn somewhere. We don't want any of this hybrid religion come out of the seminary. We want to come like a rushing mighty wind from on, uh, from on high that fills all the house, not just one man, but all the house where they're seated. Perversion is what the man did in the days of the Lord Jesus. That's what he's trying to do today. Take the things that are original and pervert them by his own ideas and he ruins himself. What was that? What came on the day of Pentecost? The same breath of God that breathed upon Adam and became a living soul. The same Jesus that breathed on the disciples and their, and their soul became alive with the Holy Ghost. That breath of God became a wind and there filled them with the Holy Ghost. I'm saying, let Jesus breathe on you today and fill you again with the Spirit. It can't be just an anointed man in the pulpit. It's got to be anointed people in the pew. It can't be just a man in the pulpit with thus saith the Lord. It's got to be you with inspiration being led by the Holy Ghost. 
being spoke to by the voice of God, of people who know their God, that shall do exploits. Are you with me? Amen. I tell you, we ought to say, Lord Jesus, breathe on me. Amen. Breathe on me and fill me again with the Holy Ghost. Is that right? Amen. We, you know, the whole news has been filled. I mean, there's not an article. There's nothing hardly said. Everything else has went on the back burner because a man said, I can't breathe. Amen. George Floyd said this as he suffocated. I can't breathe. Amen. And I can't breathe is what was thought of. Now 100,000 victims who have, been, who have died of COVID, this COVID-19, I can't breathe. Now then we got protesters out there today by the hundreds and millions with their posters saying, I can't breathe. Countless men, millions of Americans in the streets protesting police brutality. I can't breathe. Let me tell you, all scriptures are to be God-breathed. Every born of soul of God is God-breathed. And when you have a ministry, come on now, forbidding altar calls, I can't breathe. When you got them replacing the real Holy Ghost with easy believism, I can't breathe. Somebody's got his foot on the neck of this bride. And when you go to forbidding prayer lines and neglecting the sick, what do you have? A people who can't breathe. And when you put it all in the pulpit and it's not in the pews, you got a people who can't breathe. But I say, breathe, breath of God. Breathe on me. Breathe into my life. Breathe into my heart. Breathe into my soul. Hallelujah. Breathe faith into me. Cause the faith that was once delivered to the saints be in my life. Let it change me in his presence. Hallelujah. Amen. Lord, I've got to have the breath of God. I've got to have the Holy Ghost. I've got to have faith working in the church. Or otherwise I can't breathe. But I'm able to say, Lord, give me breath today. Amen. Give me breath. Amen. There may be somebody out there dying with cancer right now. Amen. With your last breath or with COVID-19 out there and you're breathing your last or shallow breath or maybe with asthma and you're breathing shallow breath. Amen. You can't breathe. But I'm telling you there's a power that is in the church of Jesus Christ that can breathe the breath of God and cause the church to be a living church, a live church and full of the power of God, a church that's a plea, the freedom, walking, talking, acting. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, the day and forever. Let us be a church that can breathe, a church that breathes in, oh, breathe in of the Holy Ghost. We hear these preachers with their foot on the neck of the people. Brother, 
wouldn't you rather have divine love and love like Jesus and be able to forgive our enemies and have the perfect word than signs and wonders and healings and miracles? Why don't you say, why do we have to choose? Amen. We can have love. We can have life. We can have the power. We can have the signs and the wonders. Don't put your foot on my neck till I can't breathe. Why can't we have both? Why can't we have, why do we have to forfeit the power of God to have the love of God? Amen. To be able to forgive our enemies, especially when the, since the love of God is the Holy Ghost and it's only the Holy Ghost that can heal and do true miracles. For Satan cannot cast out Satan. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Let me breathe. How many feel like that this morning? Let me breathe. Amen. Let me be able to breathe. I know I ought to close. Open this. I ain't got time for that. Don't choke us to death. I want you to say, you preachers, get your foot off the neck of this bride. Let her breathe. Let her breathe in divine healing. Let her breathe in the Holy Ghost. Let her free them of fresh anointing. Oh, brother Tim, don't you know there's anointed ones at the end time? Yeah, I'm one of them. Hallelujah. Oh, brother Tim, there's anointed ones at the end time. Yeah, I'm one of them. I'm one that is anointed for the bride is the anointed one for this day. Don't just feed me the negative out here. Look out here. Oh, that false anointed one. They're doing miracles there. What about the bride? If she's anointed with the true spirit, the signs have to follow them that believe. The work of the Holy Spirit will be done in the bride. Do the same thing that he does, she does also. And greater than these shall you do, for I go to my Father. That's his word of promise. Don't choke us to death. Amen. Brother Branham said, I heard a spirit pass by me. A choking spirit. I felt like it come back again. I felt it come back again a few moments ago. It was in a, in a few moments, it was a Keel Auditorium. I was 14,000 people in there, and I said, somebody with a gorder is just healed. For a spirit just passed by here. And I said, frankly, here it comes by again. And as it passed by, I heard it strangling. And he said, now that may almost drown for you, some of you. He said, but there was a reporter from the postal dispatch that was in the second balcony. He had come to criticize the meeting. And when he heard that, he said, it's me, Brother Branham. I'm healed. I've had an inward gorder for years and years. And he said, but I'm healed now. Hallelujah, I tell you, as I'm preaching, I'm hearing a choking spirit go by, a strangling as it goes out the building. Take your own strangling spirit. You want to strangle this bride? You want to shackle this church? You want to shackle the praises of God? You want to shackle the move of the Holy Spirit? You ain't nothing but a choking spirit. Get out of here in the name of Jesus Christ. We will not be choked down. I protest. I protest against choking this bride down. 
Christ said, we don't put up with that. Stand there fast there in the liberties wherein Christ has made us free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Branham said, he said, and Dr. Moses were clogged up with all kinds of doctrines and theologies. All kinds of stuff unbelief has been handed down from generation to generation. Oh, there's no such thing as healing. Days of miracles have passed. We just automatically believe it. They just clogged it up. There's, there's power in the church, and I can tell any minister, I can show you where God gave the church power to heal, cast out devils, all these things to do, and now you come put your finger on the scripture where Jesus said, now take it back away from the church. He said, what happened? You got clogged up with your own self-made ideas. Clogged up. So well, Brother Tim in Pentecost, they had, they, they had signs and wonders and miracles and whatever, and they had false doctrine. Well, that may be true, but what about having true doctrine? Why do we have to get rid of part of it? Because the false had it. Amen. The anointing was never sent for the false. The anointing was sent for the weak, and the false just simply got in the way of it. But there's a bride that is the anointed one in this day and hour. Amen. And we can say we've been choked down enough. We've been held down enough. Amen. But today we are protesting against that choking spirit, that demon that would want to hold the sick people bound. And I say to it, if it's a demon of cancer, if it's a demon of asthma, it's a demon of religion, whatever demon it is, I cast it out in the name of Jesus Christ and I proclaim liberty. I proclaim that liberty this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's not get clogged up with everything. Let's open up our hearts. Let faith begin to speak. Not the great wisdom of this world. It just comes and clogs it up. But let the Holy Spirit speak. Let's bow our heads together. Yes, now the musicians can come. We've made doctorates out of this message. Put all the power in the pulpit and a few anointed preachers. The power's taken out of the pews. People don't know how to seek the will of God, don't know how to hear the voice of God. How long has it been? How long has it been since you've become a real worshiper? How long has it been since you got into down into prayer until you reached out in the spirit? Something was revealed down in the soul. Won't you let him move in your life today? 
You let something strangle you, looking around with your eyes. Instead of yielding to the Holy Ghost, you're worried about what somebody's going to say about you. Our singers can't sing and let loose because they're afraid that somebody's going to criticize them, choke them down. Our songs can't be full of worship because we're afraid of criticism. Preachers can't preach in the pulpit because they're afraid of somebody getting offended by what's preached. Oh, isn't it time we get rid of the choking spirit? Let the Holy Spirit move. Let it move in our hearts. Let it breathe on you. Let the Holy Spirit begin to move in your life. Let it move out that darkness, that unbelief. There's some of you so choked down because you've heard things. You've heard so much criticism about me and about the church. You can't trust anything that's preached or said or sung or nothing. It's a choking spirit. Somebody's choked you down. But I'm hearing that strangling spirit passing by right now. say, Lord, I surrender. I want to make a full surrender today. I want to yield totally and completely to you. I want to just be, I want to be surrendered. Fully, totally. Let things control me. Let things push me down. Let things hold me back. When it comes to me being free in Christ and the real son of God, I got a slave mentality. I'm controlled. But today I want to just really be set free. I want to be set free. I want to really serve the Lord make a full surrender of my life. Just sing it. Just worship him right now. As you talk to him, let him speak to you. I love him. service to be touched by God you just be listening in right now wherever you are I'm speaking to you amen just as my voice went out I've got testimony back I was on a deathbed and as I heard the word preached I raised up from there faith coming to my heart and I acted upon it. I've heard people with insulin-dependent 
diabetes shots been given over and again about to lose their legs up for operation and as the word went forth they were healed by the power of God and still healed it can be right here in your place right here in our midst if he's done that out there what can he do in an atmosphere like this if you could just yield to the Holy Ghost you can just surrender yourself right now you can just dedicate yourself anew and make a new consecration to it I want to be one that has the mind of Christ I want to know what your will is I've got a situation, Lord, what's your will? I got a problem here, Lord, what's your will? I'm a son, therefore I seek the will of God. I want to know what your will is. God can move that mountain. You get in his will. It'd have to be God that moves the mountain. It'd have to be God to tell you to move it. And then you say what he told you to say. That's what Jesus did. Don't you want to do what Jesus did? What about you? Don't you want to be in real communication with him? Amen. Where it just flows through you that you're led by the Spirit of God. There's an impulse of the Holy Ghost. An impulse. Let him move in your life today. Let him move in your heart. Take out that unbelief. Say, Lord, I just give it. I want to believe from the heart. I've had a lot of head believing, head knowledge, but I want to believe from the heart so I can confess it with my mouth. And then my testimony will match in Jesus' name. Just love him now. Will I said for us to submit ourselves to God and then resist the devil and he shall flee from us. Lord, today we repent in your presence, Lord. We just say we're sorry for every time that we've been going by what we see, what we feel, what we hear instead of what your word says. Surely, Lord, you understand we're human. That's why you came down among us so you can feel what we feel and go through what we go through. I'm so glad, Lord, you always stayed with the Father's Word. Even though, even though your own will would say, let it pass from me. Yet you kept on till you found what the Father's will was. Lord, that's what we want in our lives. 
We want your will. We want to make a surrenderance of our lives today to your will. Lord, I want to surrender mine to you. I want to do what you would lead me to do. I want to be led by the Spirit. Lord, when I read in the Bible, hear in the message, Lord, when I can hear of a little Aunt Jemima type woman with a rag around her head, gets led by the Spirit of God and sees in a dream her subconscious that Elijah was going to come and pray for her baby, her little, her young man who was dying with syphilis, poison in his system. And that woman's faith would hold the plane down until that prophet, that Elijah would come down her street led by the Spirit. I can hear of others. I'm here today. Arson Branham, yeah, I'm blind, but I was there in bed and my old mammy came to me. Must have been a dream that said, Sonny boy, get up from there and go over here. A certain town in Arkansas, down over Camden. Go over there. My servant is praying for the sick. He can be led by the Spirit. You could speak. They weren't the rich. They weren't the wealthy. They weren't even the super spiritual. They were just, we'd call them poor people. Maybe the world had left them behind, but they knew Jesus. They knew how to pray. Lord, make us into people who knows how to pray, that become spiritual people again. A people that know their God that can do exploits. Lord, I, I submit myself to you right now and I just surrender my own self. I just say, Lord, make me more of a sincere, dedicated servant. Because the serpent's got to be bound in this age. And I got to be one that does it. I cannot. I cannot stand by and watch us bit by the thing. I must stand as a servant of God. We're in the land where the mind of Christ is. I submit myself to you right now. In Jesus' name, as this congregation does. And now I say to the devil, Satan, you put your foot on God's bride. You've tried to hold her down and hold her from God's promises. But today you've been exposed. We call on the name of Jesus Christ to come against you and arrest you in that name and command him, you Satan, to take your hands off of God's property. In the name of Jesus, every token spirit to leave your people, that they would be a people surrendered to God. Oh God, that could work in and live in. Now, Father, as we've told Satan, take your hands off. I know you're going to back up my words with signs following right now in Jesus' name. The sickness leave the people. Demons leave in the name of Jesus. The spirit of the living God come and dwell in this church. And the breath of God come to breathe upon them. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Just take in a deep breath and breathe in the Holy Spirit of God. Thank you, Jesus.